John the Baptist was born. But we want to look at it today because there's a whole lot of praying going on in this particular story. And we want to look at the main character here, Zechariah. Zechariah, uh, what do we know about him just from this portion of Scripture? What do we know about Zechariah? He was a priest. He was a priest. He's an old man. Hey. He's an old dude. He's an old dude. Some of you feeling right at home with this story, right? We've got a bunch of old men in the room, and we're feeling right at home. Yeah. And uh, it says that he was of the order of Abijah. Anybody have any clue what in the world that means? I'll take that as a no. <laughs> well, I need some people to uh, read some scriptures for me. Who will look up and read Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 38, and then chapter 10, verse 7? Since you're already there, it's close enough. Who will read that one for me? Okay, Mary Lou's got it. Nehemiah 9, 38, and 10, 7. And let me encourage those at home, please follow along in your own Bibles, because I know you really can't hear them read this. So you read it out loud to yourselves there at home. <clears throat> you almost there? Christmas is coming. It Some were righteous. We know some were righteous. 
that uh, even though they were righteous, they, they got carried off too and served the Lord in Babylon. Can you think of any names? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Or their Hebrew names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. There you go. You knew I was going to ask, so you had it already. Anybody else we know of that was righteous and yet went over there? Daniel. Daniel. Anybody else we know of? Azariah. Huh? A-Z-A-R-I. <laughs> <laughs> Azariah, we just mentioned him. You know, that's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Azariah. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, well, they went over there, and they didn't have the scrolls of scripture, so they would meet together, gather together in groups, and recite the scriptures that they remembered. And a spirit of revival came upon many of the leaders saying, what have we done? Look at what we lost. We lost our, our homeland. We lost our freedom. We lost the temple. We, we, we've sinned. And they began to repent and make up a covenant with the Lord. They were going to do better. They were going to... Uh, make a covenant, and some of the signers of this covenant of Nehemiah, some of the, the covenant signers we see later on, Daniel was one of them, Azariah, Hananiah, many priests, many Levites, and all, all of those were, were signers of this, and one of the signers was Abijah. Zechariah, our lesson for the day, was of the order of Abijah. Abijah signed this covenant saying we're, we're not going to forsake the teachings of the Lord. We're going to get as close to God as we can get. They have, you can read about it in the scriptures, all the different parts of this covenant. We're not going to allow this to go on. We're going to put a stop to that. We're going to not just go through the motions of making sacrifices to God. We're going to make sure our heart's right. We're, we're going to do it the right way. It was a covenant on a higher level. They weren't just going to go through religious motions anymore. That's a good thing. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, not just going through rituals. Because the Lord commented many times in the Bible... You're going through all of these festivals and feasts and everything, but your heart is far from it. You're just going through the motions. And so these signers, there were many of them, that signed this covenant that they were going to get serious with God if the Lord would be so gracious to, as to let them come back home. They were going to be a righteous remnant and they're going to do it right this time. Abijah was one of the signers of that Nehemiah covenant. And by doing that, when we see that Zechariah, our topic of the day, was of the order of Abijah, he was in tune 
with the covenant. He was not just an elderly priest, but he was one who served on a higher level of commitment to God. There's always people that say they're Christians. Then there's people who act like they're Christians. Amen. Amen? It's easy to say you're a Christian. But uh, you remember what Jesus said to the people. Why do you say Lord, Lord and don't do the things I tell you to do? The, the, the concept is their covenant, Abijah's covenant, he was a signer. It was kind of like the Declaration of Independence. Okay, The people that signed the Declaration of Independence, what were they, what were they signing up for? Freedom. Freedom. Well, yeah. What, what what was a was there a price to be paid yeah. for signing that document? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was a death sentence if they were caught. You remember who decided to sign in big bold letters? John Hancock. John Hancock said, "I'd like to put my name on that." And so every copy you see, put your John Hancock right there so that the king could read that we're. We're not going to put up with this stuff anymore. They were signing their own death warrant. If they were caught, they were killed. Treason against Great Britain. And the people who signed this covenant, they said, we're not going to put up with the lackadaisical way of serving God anymore. We're going deeper with God. They were persecuted for it. Because what happens when somebody decides... In a, in a family or in a church or whatever. I'm not going to mess around anymore. I'm going to get serious with God. What are some of the consequences of that? Persecution. You're going to be under attack by several forces. First of all, you're going to be under attack from the devil because he doesn't want you to play on a higher level. He's thoroughly com content. If we just say we're a Christian and just go about and say Christian things on Sundays and Wednesdays and go out and live like the devil during the week. He's thoroughly happy. Because it's good advertising for him. People say, well, why should I want to be a Christian? They look just like I do. If there's no difference, what's the difference? And not only does Satan come at the attack of those who want a deeper walk with God, people who are not walking closely with God are offended at you because you are pricking their conscience. Any of you ever had any experience with something like that? It, it, it's, it's very painful uh, but you have a choice to make. Am I going to as for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord no matter what happens. So, so this being of the order of Abijah tells us some. What does this tell us about Zechariah? Our hero of the day. He's a very holy, clean, cut, dedicated man of God. He was a he was he was a holy, he was a cut above. He was not just going through the motions. When he went to prayer meeting and burned incense in the temple of the Most High God. He was really praying. He wasn't just burning incense. When we go over to Israel and we go into especially the 
uh, Church of the Nativity. Uh, brace yourself for incense burning. Now, we, we don't really care too much about the incense burning on the upper level. We go down to a cave underneath it where since the second century it's been believed that's where the birth of Jesus took place in a stable cave in that location. It's one of the unquestioned sites in all of Israel. And it's a, it's a I'll never forget my first trip there. Uh, there was an 85-year-old guy on our group. It was all ministers and ministers' wives. And he went down there. And we had to almost carry him out from just weeping. Mm -hmm. Thanking Jesus for coming to die for his sin. Yes. Entering into this cold, evil world for us. Just overwhelming. I had the same thing happens to me when I visit the, the garden too. Don't ask me to say much. Because it's difficult. You're impressed with the reality. It's really happening. It really is there. So, it's uh, Zechariah's not going through the motions. And I think that's one of the reasons the Lord selected him. He was of the order of Abijah. He had that mindset. I'm not just going to burn incense. I'm going to really pray. And while he's going in to pray, we find out that wasn't the first time he'd really prayed. The angel tells us. He'd been praying for years. And the people are outside praying. And he's a leader showing them that prayer is important. So, what else do we know about old Zechariah here, before we get into the prayer principles, we know he was a priest in the, in, the te in the temple of the Lord. We know that he was a cut above in his commitment, his covenant with God. He was of the order of Abijah. And what else do we know? We know he was old. Okay, I got you. He's old. He's an old dude. His wife he was scared he's old. He was scared of the death of it. The yeah, later he's he's uh, shaking in his sandals. And he lacked faith. He lacked faith. He lacked well, faith. Well, okay, at 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 the at the uh, wouldn't you? Yes. If, if an angel appeared to you and said, "Honey, uh, at your age, you're going to become pregnant and have a have a have a baby." I just start crying. You just start crying. <laughs> How many ladies uh, over 70 here we got? Any any ladies over 70? How would you respond to the news that the angel come? What she said. <laughs> Fear not. I bring you good news. I am the angel Gabriel. You're going to have triplets. <laughs> In your old age. <coughs> so I've had responses like, I just kill myself. I, I, just, I, I just can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. Up at camp, all the, the younger people are running around doing all this stuff, and, and I'm, I'm get tired watching them. You know, can you imagine at 87 years old, at great age, uh, Doing the diapers and doing the no. all the 
campers back then, folks. Oh my 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 my. So yeah, he was he was a little. Uh, he said, "Oh no, no, I don't think so. thanks, but no thanks." Couldn't you have answered this prayer about 50 years before that? Well, uh, what else do we know about him? He was a cut above of the order of Abijah. He was married to a descendant of Aaron. He was what? He was married to a descendant of Aaron. He was also married to some one of the priestly line of the lineage of, of Aaron. And so both sides of the family were in the worship business and serving God. So he had married someone that was a, an equal helpmate. Elizabeth was of a priestly family. And what else do we know about old Zechariah? He was righteous, it says. He was right with God. He was right and righteous and blameless. He was living in all the light that God had given him. That's something to say. Yes, when you're living right with God, you don't have to be worried if Jesus comes in the next five seconds. Mm -hmm. But how many of you know some people that if Jesus came now, they'd be fumble-bumble stumbling around trying to get their act together. Mm -hmm. For some people say, oh, there's plenty of time. I'll, I'm going to get serious with God. I'm gonna... He was righteous. He was living right with God in the light that God had given him. What else do we know about him? The angel told him that he would be glad. Okay, the angel, the angel uh, has a prophetic word, but let, let's talk about what we know about him before anything supernatural happens here. About childless. He's childless. That, that would be... Digger. Childless. They had no kids. Now, you say, well, there are a lot of people have no kids. Well, back in Bible times, uh, what was being kidless was akin to? It was a curse. Like you, were, you weren't good enough. Okay. You were. Yeah. What's wrong with you? And, and it, it was in society because your children were your heritage. Uh, you worked all your life and you passed it along to your kids. And uh, it was a largely agricultural community. Any of you ever lived in a farm community? Mm -hmm. Large families because why? Workers. Workers. They're unpaid help. <laughs> they're working in the fields. They're cooking the meals. They're doing whatever. Uh, you, you know, you didn't just have kids to be having kids. Oh, aren't they cute? No. They, they, were, they were part of your workforce. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it was a very important thing. And people would look down on you yeah. if you didn't have kids. Like, why has God cursed you? But this fact is here. It says right in line, they were righteous, doing all the commandments, doing everything that God told them to do if they were childless. <clears throat> Tell us. It's not a curse of God. It's not a curse of God. You can be righteous and have things not go the right way. 
There's a lot of people living under a false concept that if I'm serving the Lord, well, I must be doing something wrong. This happened. That's not necessarily true. It's good to always check up and make sure we're right with God. Amen. Amen. You know, don't just assume. But, but just because bad things happen to good people does not mean that you're out of touch with God. That's right. If we did a survey in the room here today of people who are trying to live a life that pleases God, and I believe I, I, I believe that's the, the case in this room. Oh, yes. How many of you got some things that aren't going the way you'd like for it to go? Anybody? <laughs> they were righteous, but childless. And this was a big deal back in those days. The, uh, they'd been praying for years, but they were childless. And God had not seen fit to answer their prayer at that time. So, there may be somebody here today that you're having all these things hit you and the devil is whispering in your ear. You know you're trying to, you, you've not allowed sin to have a part of your life. You've confessed your sins before the Lord. You're trying, when you do something wrong, you say, Lord God, forgive me. I repent. I'm sorry. And try not to do that again with your help. And you're trying to serve the Lord. But when bad things happen, the devil is always there. And if not the devil personally, there'll be big mouth people who will point out, well, you must not be right with God. They might not be right with God. They're not saying something from personal knowledge, they're looking at external factors and conclude different things. I know I've told you the story of my dear friend who's gone on to be with the Lord, Paul. Uh, Paul Wright. And Paul, never a more godly man than that. He was my best buddy. We did comedy acts together and uh, at family <coughs> camp and all kinds of things. We vacationed together for years. Just I'd call him at least once a week or he'd call me and just have you ever had just a, a best friend? Yes. You know? Yes. I miss him so much. But he, he called me one day and he just got back from another vacation he was on. We weren't able to go together that year and he was really down. Uh, he was a pastor of a small church and uh, he liked to go we liked to go camping and he had a pop-up camper. You know what a pop-up camper yes, is? Yes. You know, you just kind of crank the thing up and it just goes up and the tent fold out. And, and it's not regal, you know. It's, it's a tent camper. It's kind of entry-level camping. Just, just above a pup tent, you know. And, uh, well, he was at a campground and this guy pulls in to the site next to him with his big, massive motorhome. With towing a Mercedes behind it. <laughs> and he had all kinds of stickers about being a Christian and everything on his vehicle and his car. And he went over and he said, well, what do you do, sir? And Paul said, well, I'm a, I'm a pastor. He says, 
and you're camping in that. <laughs> See, you're you're supposed to be living in wealth if you're a child of the king. What are you doing living in poverty? You must not be walking right. I mean, he just beat Paul up. Folks, it's not that way. It's just not that way. You say, well, I've, I've got a few bucks in the bank. Well, praise God for it. But don't think that that's a sign of your righteousness. It's your walk. Just because you're walk, walking right with God does not make you immune to having bad things happen or things that don't happen that you would like to have happen. Jesus told us that It's a promise, just that not many people claiming that promise. In this world, you will have tribulation. Uh, people don't, I want to claim that promise from the Lord. No, nobody claims that. But, uh, but the second one is, but be of good cheer. I will overcome the world. Job was a good example of that. Job was a perfect example. That's the reason the book of Job is in the Bible. And he was righteous. The Lord even bragged on him to the devil. And the devil took that as an opportunity to go after him. Well, does he serve you for nothing? You look at all that he has. Well, Lord, oh, you take it away. He'll, I trust him. His relationship is with me, not the things that he's been blessed with. Yeah, he had a wife. We, don't be picking on her. Don't be, don't be, don't be picking on her. If you want to get me angry, you start picking on Job's wife. People say, well, she said, well, curse God and die. She was hurting for her husband who was in agony and pain, and she was in pain, and she wanted him to be out of his misery. Can anybody relate? Yeah. Don't, don't, don't be picking on Job's wife. God did not pick on Job's wife. If you're picking on Job's wife, you're doing something God didn't do. I'm going to stop on that. What about his friends? Now, his friends, the Lord did talk to them. He dealt with them. But Job still prayed for him, as you recall, from our study months ago, as we had prayer principles in the book of Job. The Lord turned his captivity when he prayed for his friends. Still called them friends even though they were jerks. <laughs> but just because you're righteous does not make you immune to bad things. That's right. And uh, he was righteous yet childless. And as we already mentioned he was elderly now, the course of, of the priesthood in the Old Testament, New Testament times was, it started at age 30. It started at age 30, and it lasted until retirement, right? No. No, 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 no retirement plan. No, no, no retirement plan. Uh, 30 till... You can't the <laughs> And then your kids are supposed to take over. Your son's supposed to take over. Uh, 
He is elderly and yet still serving regularly in the worship of God. He didn't kick back. He said, well, I'm just the young, younger ones take. He's going to keep going until he can't go no more, until the Lord takes him home. He was uh, faithful. Mm -hmm. Faithful. Uh, look at Luke chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. As I get there, I'll let you know. According to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went up into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. This was the evening prayer time. They would have the three main prayer times of the day. And the priest, whose turn it was, would take the censer, put incense on it, and take the requests of the people and walk inside the golden doors of the temple and walk up to the altar of incense and stand at the altar of incense with the incense censer and put the, the fire on the altar of incense. And as the, the incense went up, he would lift up prayers. So there was a visual kind of thing. As the incense goeth up, so our praise fills the temple. As the incense goes up, so our prayer fills the temple. And, and the people are outside praying, and he's sending up prayer, intercessory prayer for the needs of everybody on the outside. And he's lifting up before the Lord. But before he has a chance to do that, he walks inside, and what happens? When he walks inside the golden doors, uh, standing up front, I I think of it this way, leaning on the altar of incense, is the angel Gabriel, and he was sore afraid, or as the little kid said, he was sure afraid, and, and wondering what this meant. And he could see the fear written all over his face. The angel could. He says, don't, don't be afraid. What does he tell him? Be happy. Well, not yet. Your prayer has been heard. He's not talking about his, in, his intercession for the people outside, right? At the evening prayer time. No. Because he goes right in to tell him, God knows you're childless. God's heard your prayers. You're going to have a son. Not the kind of news he respected at church that day. <laughs> not, not, the, not the kind of thing that you come expecting. How many of you, like me, I believe he had stopped praying for a kid when he hit about 60 or 70. <laughs> you know, that's, you know. I give up. Well, I guess God's not going to answer my prayer. Have you ever stopped praying over something? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, I'm, bless God, Pastor, I'm a person of faith. I just keep praying no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> Any ladies here still praying for more kids? Any? <laughs> you, you want more kids? He's pointing at you. No, you want... 
one thing, but given birth at your age would probably not be a... Uh, it'll be a memorable experience, but you, you, you wouldn't live through it probably. Yeah. It would make the news. It certainly would make the news. So, so, so you're praying for, for kids now, or...? No, I'm not. No, 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 no. He was still being faithful, even though God had not answered his prayer yet. We're going to talk the first principle. Keep praying. <coughs> Keep praying. Don't give up on prayer. You say, well, Pastor, who would give up on prayer? A lot of people give up on prayer. Things are not seeming to look the way that you want them to. You're praying and praying and praying, and they've given up on praying. Um, let's look up some scriptures about that. Can I get somebody to look up and read for us? 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 18. We'll do that. Okay, Imogene's got that. You got, got it in, in mind before I switch slides here? 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 18. Okay, Romans 1, 8 through 10. We'll do that. Romans, okay, Sean's got that. First Thessalonians 1, 2 through 4, and verse 13. Who we'll do that? Chapter 5. We're going to be that way today. Okay, Mary Lou. 2 Timothy 1, 3 and 4. Okay, Patsy's got that. Okay. Okay. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 18. No, 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 18. with the Lord and 
Don't give up on it. Some people have given up on praying. When you ask them, well, have you prayed about it? Well, no. Don't give up on praying. The enemy wants you to give up on praying. And the Holy Spirit moves upon Paul here to say, don't quit praying. Pray without ceasing. Don't say, well, I've prayed enough. How many of you think you've reached that place where, no. well, I've prayed enough. I, I just, no. you know, our country's in a decent shape. Well, I'll just stop praying for my <laughs> Well, I, you know, the Columbus is, is shaping up. I, I, I think I'll stop praying for the, the crime rate in Columbus. No. I, well, I, I'm going to stop praying over over my family. I, I just, I'm just going to stop. No. no. Pray without ceasing. Don't give up on prayer. Uh, next portion of the scripture about this. Romans 1, 8 through 10. First, I thank my God <coughs> through Jesus Christ for you all, and that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing, I, ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayer, making request if by some means now that I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. Okay. What does Paul say? He's praying without ceasing here. He's praying for the Roman believers. This was a bad time to be a Christian in Rome. This is a terrible time to be a Christian in Rome. The, the Christians were under persecution, uh, not the full-blown persecution later that would exist, but one startling example at the time of the letter of Romans being written. One of the things that was going on in Rome was because of their hedonistic lifestyle, uh, if you didn't, you had a baby and you didn't want it, you'd throw it out in the dump. I said, you just throw it out in the dump. And Christians would go out and try to rescue the babies that had been thrown outside the city before they died. And guess who got arrested? The Christians. For trying to save lives. They were the bad guys. It's kind of similar today, isn't it? Yes. We're trying to stop the murder of the unborn. That's right. And we're being made out to be the corrupt and the, the bad dudes and the bad apples. Because we're trying to stop them from murdering babies. Right. I, did you ever think that you lived in a land where it had turned around so dramatically? <clears throat> we need to keep praying. He prayed without ceasing for the Roman believers, the things that they were going through. When you're under pressure, it's easy to compromise. And he prayed for them. I make mention of you without ceasing in my prayers. And he also prays, he says, I want to be there with you. Now the answer to his prayer did come. But where was he staying? In prison. And he never got to leave Rome. He died there. 
1 Thessalonians 1, 2-4, and verse 13. I don't have a verse 13. There is no verse 13. Well, let me look. Okay. Okay. It's 1 Thessalonians 2. No, 1 Thessalonians 1, 2-4, and then... Second, First Thessalonians two thirteen. I'll read that one since I messed up, okay. and that'll be mine. My bad. My bad. Can't, can't read my own writing. Okay. First Thessalonians one two through four. We always thank God for you and pray for you constantly. We never forget your loving deeds as we talk to our God and Father about you, and your strong faith and steady looking forward to the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know that God has chosen you, dear brothers, much beloved of God. Okay, praise without ceasing for the things, that, their work of faith. We need to pray for others that are doing what God has called them to do. We need to pray for our missionaries. We're excited today. One of our missionaries is coming to stay for the next several weeks in the church apartment, the missions apartment. And it is Robert Spector from the Ministry to the Jewish People. And he's going to be here for General Council, but also a conference. And after that, our church is opening up for them to have a Jewish Ministries conference here uh, after uh, General Council this year. And uh, so he's going to pick up the keys today. And uh, we, we need to pray for our missionaries. Yes, and then... By the end of the month, the mission's house will be occupied with Dave Turner from Guatemala, and he's going to be coming to uh, stay for the whole year and itinerate, and uh, you'll enjoy having Dave around. But we pray for him. We don't just send missionaries off and say, have fun. we we got to pray for them. we got to pray for their work of faith and labor of love and the patience of hope. It takes a lot of patience to be a missionary. Yes. A lot of times all you see are the uh, people go over and they say, well, we took a mission team over there and we just ministered to thousands. You know how the thousands heard about it to get there? The missionaries. Mm -hmm. Every day getting up and going out and reaching lives. Patience of hope. So I'm going to read Chapter two, verse uh, chapter two, verse thirteen. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because you, when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is the truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. We also want to pray continually for those who are receiving the word. Well, we. They came forward and they got saved. We're done with them. <laughs> no. we got to continue to pray for the, the word to take root and to grow and thrive in them. Uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. I thank God when I serve my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembered to be in my prayers by the day. Greatly desiring to see thee be mindful of my Okay, he's praying for, for Timothy, his understudy, 
And Timothy's pastoring a tough church. Uh, the church at Ephesus was under attack. It had a great birth, we find out in the book of Acts, but, but it was under attack from false teachers, false doctrines, uh, idol worshipers, everything. And uh, he remembers Timothy in his prayers daily. Day and night, night and day. And he's praying that he'll be able to come and share with him again. We don't know if that ever happened. But <clears throat> pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. The angel Gabriel said, the Lord says, I have heard your prayer. And even though he was up in years, and even though things weren't turning right the way he wanted them in his life, he'd given up hope of having a kid. Well, you know, don't know what I'd do with him now. You know, who's going to play ball with you know, him? You know. Uh, he'd stop praying, but he, he <laughs> continued to pray for others. The point I'm trying to make is you don't quit praying because it doesn't pan out the way you want it. You keep praying. Pray without ceasing. And there he was at an elderly age. Things weren't totally going the way he wanted them to, but he kept praying for others. He was there to intercede for the multitude that was outside and lift them up in prayer. So, keep praying. Keep praying. That's the first prayer principle. And the second one, I get excited about this one. I'm excited about that one too, but I'm excited. There's no expiration date on prayer. Like I say, it takes somebody of greater faith than I am to believe that he was still going to prayer time asking for a baby boy. No, he's up in years. Linda and I have not prayed for kids in years. No, not, not since Carissa. And, you know, she's in her, you know. Uh, it's not one of those. How many of you are above 70 and still praying for kids? You still pray for our kids. You pray for your kids like he was praying for Timothy. But, yes, yes if, if you two come in for, you know, <laughs> never mind. I, I, He'd stop praying, but there's no expiration date on prayer. When the angel said, when the angel appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense, and when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fell, fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you call his name John. He'd stopped praying years before, but there's no expiration date of prayer. Aren't you glad? There's no expiration date on our prayers. I'm, I'm thankful that my mom prayed for me. Now she went she went on to be with the Lord several years ago. But I have a hunch. As I look around at, we're up at camp this week and I look around and I see 
my grandkids and my kids and and uh, they're all following the Lord and serving God. I believe mom's prayers are still hitting the throne of God. The let's look at a couple scriptures here. Uh, Revelation five. Eight and nine. We'll do that. I'll do that. You'll do that. Revelation five, eight and nine, and then Revelation eight, one through four. Okay, you got that. Revelation eight, one through four. We and see this played out in the book of Revelation. Okay, Revelation five, eight and nine. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders that fell down. Before the land, having in every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Okay, just just a I just not right. The prayers of the saints. That now where are the saints now? Around the throne. They're around the throne, and. Uh, but there's a collection of the prayers of the saints. And we're going to find out in the next one some aspect of it. I, I have that belief that when you pray and you talk to the Lord, that nothing just falls to the ground. How okay. many believe that God hears our prayers? He may not answer right now, as he did not in the case of Zechariah. But it doesn't mean he's not going to answer. <clears throat> doesn't mean that down the road, God does not have a plan and a purpose. The prayers of the saints are held in vials or bowls before the host of heaven. And God is going to answer prayers in the future. Look at uh, Revelation 8, 1-4. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about a, the space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. But this is way into <coughs> judgments of God in the end times, and yet the prayers of the saints are still a part of the picture. Does anybody get what I'm trying to get at here? Yes. What, what does that say to us about us praying, saints praying to God? Never stop. Never give up. Never give up. But there's no expiration date. The saints are already in heaven. They can talk to the Lord right, but their prayers that they had prayed previous mm -hmm. are still having an effect long after they've gone home to be with Jesus. 
anybody got a shout in your soul? We may not see the answers right now to our prayers, but, but those prayers are not falling on deaf ears. Our God hears our prayers, and we lay them up before the Lord. And sometimes the Lord says, yes, I'll answer right now. Sometimes he says, no, that's not in the center of my will. Sometimes he says, not right now, but I'm going to. And the prayers of the saints are lifted up before the Lord. As you pray, it's not falling on a deaf ear of some wooden idol. It's the Almighty God, and they're reserved in heaven. It says they're a bowl of, full of the prayers of the saints. And at a certain time in the future, He's going to pour out the prayers that are going to impact the end of time. Hallelujah. Your prayers are going to have an impact yes. on the future and eternity. Yes, sir. It's coming into play. I like that. Do you think, uh, like in Daniel, he prayed and couldn't understand what his prayer was, and they told him that the enemy had, was fighting a great battle. Okay, as we look at, uh, again, you're hitting on one that we covered, but we'll, we'll go back to it. When Daniel was praying for the interpretation of the dream vision that the king had had, and he prayed the moment he first heard about it, and it wasn't until some time later that the angel came and said, I was dispatched from the throne of God the very instant you prayed. Yeah. But there was a spiritual battle. Demonic forces were trying to keep the answer from coming to you. But I'm here. And he's not. And here's the answer to what you prayed. I believe, according to this scripture, there are forces. Right standing against your answered prayer that want to keep your prayers from being answered and the enemy likes to throw up a smoke screen he wants us to give up on it but there are spiritual things going on in the heavenlies there's things going on that you don't see that there's battles going on that you can't see we get a glimpse of it when we go through the, the gospels especially and we see Jesus dealing with demonic forces. Now what the people see, let, let's go, let's take a boat ride across the Sea of Galilee, go the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and we land at the area of the Gadarenes. This is a Gentile area. No Jews live there. It's just foreign turf. And uh, they, they're idol worshipers, and there's demons everywhere in that area. Because there's no force of the righteousness of God to hold them back. And there's a man there who is possessed of a legion of demons. Uh, we're talking about a Roman legion. You know, thousands of demonic forces filling this guy. And chains can't hold him. I mean, and he's screaming demonic curses in the tombs and, and the people have just adapted to this, they called him a crazy man. 
He runs around without clothes on and he runs around with, with uh, breaking chains and nobody can bind him. And he's, he's, he's just crazy. But they've adapted to it. Just like today, the world is adapted to the evil that's all around us. Oh, well, that, what's the problem with that? And so when the, when the disciples were on the boat, they never got out of the boat. Remember that? They never got out of the boat. They said, we'll drop you off, Jesus, and we'll wait in the boat. Because this crazy man coming running out of the, of the tombs, and, and and when he comes, the guy said, oh, here he comes. Everybody's heard about this guy. Now, here he comes. So all that they saw, the disciples, the pig farmers, all they saw was this guy, lunatic, running down out of the caves. And when he gets in front of Jesus, he falls down. What they don't see is what's going on on the inside of the situation. In the unseen spirit realm. Demonic forces have been confronted with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, yes. Jesus Almighty, the Son of God, and He has set foot on enemy territory, and they came running at Him with favor. Every knee will one day bow, and the demonic forces were compelled to bow and grovel before Him. And then the demon forces, the disciples are still sitting on the boat. Well, look at that. Look at that. So one guy and Jesus. What's the big deal? But there was thousands of demons. And one Jesus. But it's enough. Amen. It's more than enough. And the demon spoke to the man. Well, have you come to torment us before our time? There's coming a time when the Lord's going to say, you're commissioned to a lake of fire forever. You and the Antichrist and Satan and all those who rejected my salvation. There's coming a time. But this wasn't the time. He said, if you come to torment us before our time, he says, let, let, let us just go into the pigs. Because pigs were worshipped in Gentile society. He says, go. And they went into the pigs, and the pigs come. That all the disciples are seeing are one guy coming in front, bowing down to Jesus. They probably can't hear the, what's going on in the conversation. And then they look up, and there's a whole herd of a thousand uh, pigs or so running off the cliff and drowning in the, in the sea of God. That's all they saw. But behind the scenes, there's a spiritual war going on. Yes. And yes. guess who wins? Jesus. Amen. We cannot see what's going on in the realms of the Spirit. Sometimes the Lord lifts the veil a little bit and we can see. But usually we're just flying blind. But we keep praying. We don't quit praying. And we realize that our praying, all of it, can have an impact. <coughs> on what's going to happen before this world closes down shop. It, yeah. On this past weekend, I don't know, I don't have a lot of scripture movies. I can't hear from that stuff. But on this past weekend, I could see a movie uh, in the fairies. I would take money 
Joe Ludini, but his name was Eddie. He said that this Dean was in nobody believed him. They thought he was just nuts. I don't want to tell the story, but I'm going to tell you what it had an impact on me. That I just, I just, I understand the demonic weather. There are forces that we can't see. And your prayer is a force you can't see. And it doesn't fall to the ground when you lift up a simple prayer to the Lord. It's still there. There's no expiration date Amen. on your prayers. Amen. You're praying for our community. You say, well, I don't see anything changing. It ain't over. It ain't over yet. Amen? It's not over yet. Time is still in effect. Eternity has not come into play yet. Uh, your prayers are held up, reserved in vials before the Lord that He will pour out at a certain time and impact the future. First principle, keep praying. Second, there's no expiration date on prayer. You've seen that commercial where the it's an insurance commercial or something, and, and the person says, we, have a, we love our house, but it has ants. And all these, yeah. aunt so-and-so and aunt Sandy, and aunt this, oh, they're yeah. all there. And the one, the one that we love <laughs> is the one ant that's standing in front of the refrigerator. Right? And you know, sometimes people forget to turn their phone off. <laughs> and she said, expire. Expired, expired, expired. And uh, the other day, Linda was doing, getting ready to take some stuff up to camp, at Camp Cyber, and she, one of the things that she makes is frozen chocolate-covered bananas. And so she says, Ken, get me down some semi-sweet chocolates. And check the expiration date. Expiration date. We have this whole cabinet full of these stupid uh, chocolate chip morsels in it. So I'm getting it down. And so she's in the living room and I'm, expired, expired, expired. It's every single one of them. I had some from 2013. Expired, expired. I've got great news, child of God. When we pray, there's no expiration, there's no expiration date. Amen. God can, God, maybe the situation expires, but the power of prayer to touch someone through it does not. And so we're, we're going to go to prayer in just a couple of moments. The two prayer principles that we want to focus on today from the Gospel of Luke. First of all, pray without ceasing. Keep praying. Don't give up on prayer. Even though things may not be panning out the way you would like to have them pan out. Uh, very few of us live the dream life. Some of us have a little nightmare mixed in with our dreams. <laughs> Keep praying. When things are not going the way you would like to see them go, keep praying. When, when, when 
when you're like Paul and you're thrown in prison just for doing a good deed, keep praying. When your body is, is not responding to, to prayer, keep praying. Don't give up on it. Keep praying. And the second thing is, there's no expiration date on your prayer. Your praying today can have an impact ultimately as this old world winds down. And you can be a part of the victory at the end times. I think one of the things, this is just my imagination running away with me, but I think that one of the cool things in eternity will be God revealing how that somebody over on this side of the world was praying for that missionary over there and how God used that situation and maybe that missionary died in the process never got to see <clears throat> the people reach but somebody picked up the torch and it was because of the prey that the, those, those people were reached we hear stories of it all the time of God moving the, the prayers that you pray do not fall to the ground. They're treasured in the hands of God. Keep praying. We're going to be praying in just a moment over needs and situations. We, we want you to be praying this coming this week. We're up at uh, camp. Starts tomorrow night. We have a number of our young people that are there at camp. And some that are working and some that are Involved. Pastor Carissa is the children's evangelist. They have services for all different age groups. And uh, we don't want to just have services. We want to see souls saved. Amen. Lives changed. People healed. And we need to keep praying. Don't give up on praying. You say, well, the kids are out of town. We can ease up on praying for them. And no, no. Don't stop praying. And to pray, put those things up in the hands of the Lord. He can either answer now or answer later. But he's, he's going to do mighty things as we pray. He's commanded us to pray. He showed us how to pray. What's left? Pray. We're going to stop there for today. Prayer request that you have today that we can all lift up before the Lord together as incense going up. Yes. Right there, and then I'll get to you. Yeah. Um, I pray her name is Tina. I pray for her salvation. She's having heart surgery. She has Tina, heart surgery and salvation. Maria?
Mr. Netanyahu as he speaks before the House? <clears throat> Unsaved loved ones. Unsaved loved ones. Yes. Unspoken requests, situations that don't need everybody else's knowing about it, but God knows about it. Uh, lift up uh, Dave Swiger, uh, diagnosed with pneumonia now. Oh, and uh, so he's struggling. And uh, other people that are going through some physical issues. The kids at camp. The kids at camp. Pray for Carissa and Rachel, my daughter Rachel. They're working together in the children's ministry and they do two, two services a day in an unair conditioned tabernacle. With all those action songs that you see them do. You know. So, and praying for our kids and all the kids on the grounds for them to have an encounter with God that they cannot forget. Praise God. Well, let's go to prayer today. And could I have several lead us out in a word of prayer, asking God's touch upon these situations and realizing that we're commanded to keep praying and that there's no expiration date on our prayers. <clears throat> you know, mighty God, we truly thank you for this wonderful day. The word for surely is food to our soul. I thank you for my brothers and sisters, Lord, that if they bring prayers up before you, like incense, Lord, as, a, as the word says, as you look down upon pastor or guiding as he brings forth the word here, Lord, throughout the land. Look down upon this land that we're living in times, Lord, help us for our prayers will be brought forth to, to give us patience and faith, Lord. My God, you we talk to you also, thank you, thank you, thank you for the many, 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 many blessings you bestowed upon your people, Lord. Down upon that sister, Lord, give her health, Lord, and strength, Lord, from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet, Lord. She'll run like the run without ceasing, Lord. Mighty God, we truly thank you for the spirit of the Holy Ghost with us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Guide us, Lord, we give you all the praise and the wonderful, wonderful thing of Jesus. That name, that name of Jesus, Lord, help us, Lord, in your wonderful, wonderful, wonderful name. Amen. Father God, we are thankful today that we have the privilege of praying. Yes. That we can take it to you, Lord, in prayer. Yes. 
that we can, doesn't matter the situation, we may not even have a clue about what the situation is, but we can lay it before you and you know exactly what needs to happen. We pray, Father God, that my phone would stop. Oh my goodness. Good time. Lord, I thank you for phones, but I ask you to silence this thing. Father God, for, for Maria today, we pray for your healing touch upon her body. Yes. Give her strength. Strength for the day. Strength for the task. Do it in such a way that everybody knows it was God that did it. That's right. For Tina, for, for each person that has been lifted up today that needs a, a healing touch, but also needs to know you as Savior and Lord. We're thankful, Father, that you've given us this privilege of praying to you and that wherever we are, no matter the circumstance or situation, whether we understand or not, we can take it to the Lord in prayer. We're thankful, Father, that the Holy Spirit makes intercession in words that we can't decipher. When we don't know how to pray, you, you pray for us. And we thank you for the intercession of Jesus, our our great high priest. We ask Father God for the... Oh my goodness. <laughs> Such is my life. Lord, <laughs> thank you. No more interruptions. Father, I pray for your hand to be upon us as we go from this place that we will pray. We'll pray for our children, our youth, We'll pray for our country, our city, right. our homes. We'll pray for those who do not know you as Savior. We'll pray for our country and we'll pray for the leaders of our country that they would come to you and that they would begin to operate righteously in accordance with your word. We pray, Father, for the situations that are around us that we have no control over but nothing is out of your control and ability. Father, we're believing for a touch from your Holy Spirit on each life here and those that we're praying for. Thank you, Father, that our prayers do not just fall to the ground, but they're taken up into your presence and remain. Father, send us out rejoicing today because our Heavenly Father watches over us. We give you praise for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We pray that you silence Indiana Jones. Oh my God. <laughs> it's those funeral people again trying to tell me something. We're here to make funeral arrangements for you. Five a day, and I think it's a sign.
Amen. 